Hey, I'm Chris Parrish, Chief Investment Officer at Oak Harvest Financial Group in Houston, Texas. This is our weekly Stock Talk podcast, keeping you connected to your money. So folks, I don't have a script this week. Last week, we did a live stream. It was Troy, myself, and Charles Scavoni, and we covered dividend stocks and how they can be implemented in a retirement plan. We delved into a lot of areas. Uh, Troy hit the retirement planning side of dividend stocks and taxes. That was really interesting how you can actually hit very high levels of income and not pay any capital gains tax or income tax if you plan it right. You should check out the video, look for Troy's segment. Um, Charles and I covered a lot on historically how dividend stocks act in different economic environments, how gross stocks act in different economic environments. And, you know, I, I talked a lot about how there's this broad notion that dividend stocks are all the same. They aren't. The group here at Oak Harvest on the investment side, we try to look for dividend stocks that can increase their dividends gradually over time. We call them dividend growth stocks. A lot of people call them dividend aristocrats, depending on how long they're increasing their dividends. We looked at those versus a lot of the high dividend yielders. Those are the dividend stocks that pay maybe six, seven, 10% dividends, but over time their stocks actually decline. So you're getting this dividend stream and it's kind of a false sense of security because in any given year, sometimes they'll cut their dividends and the stock will be down almost 50%. The example I gave was Intel. Intel is a stock that almost everyone's aware of. You know, a semiconductor company, it's a great company. And we're not talking about bad companies, we're talking about bad stocks. And there's a, there's a big difference. We're, we have nothing against the, the Intels of this world or the AT&Ts of this world and the people who work for them. Nothing at all. We're, we're talking about the difference between a stock and a company. And there's good companies and good stocks. There's good companies and bad stocks. There are bad companies and bad stocks. And we're trying to, trying to filter all of these, these things out. And we're trying to come up with good companies, good stocks that can gradually compound your money both from a capital appreciation standpoint and from a dividend compounding standpoint. And I compared uh, two stocks and we got actually a lot of questions about this. So I'm gonna provide here a chart up here above me that shows, it shows Intel versus Texas Instruments since um, the dot-com bubble, almost 22, 23 years ago. You'll see here, you got dividends and income and you got capital appreciation in both Intel and Texas Instruments, and we're comparing them, and we're comparing them against the S&P 500. What you'll see over 22 plus years, the total return of Intel over 20 to 22 years has been zero. That's a combination of a decline in the stock and a rise in dividends. But even so, the total return over all that time period has been zero. That's as compared to Texas Instruments, which also operates in the semiconductor business, which has a total return of over 300%. Now, that's a combination of the stock rising, that's capital appreciation, and dividends compounding, that's them raising their dividend gradually every year. Now, that's compared to the S&P 500, which is appreciated over 200% from a capital appreciation standpoint and a dividend compounding appreciation standpoint as well. So don't forget, I mean, these indexes, even though the dividend is small right now under 2%, if you take the dividend in the S&P 500 and reinvest it in the S&P 500, over time, the stock market has proven to compound your money, um, you know, between seven and 9%. And reinvesting those dividends, even in an index fund has proven to be a 
very positive strategy for your investment outcomes over long periods of time. We're talking 5, 10, 15 years, not 5, 10, 15 days, months, weeks, very short term period. That's not an investment strategy, that's trading. So I want everyone out there, you know, take a look at our um, webcast, our live stream from last week. It's, it's pretty long, it's about an hour, but you can fast forward during, through different segments. You can see Troy talk about retirement income. You can see Charles and I focus on the dividend stocks. One of the big points I make during the uh, video is to compare dividend stocks versus bonds. And there's a big difference. Dividends are not guaranteed. They're not a contract between the company and yourself. At any given time, the company, like Intel did a couple weeks ago, um, their board of directors can meet with management and say, hey, we don't have enough cash, we're gonna cut the dividend, which is what Intel did, and they took their dividend down by almost 75%. They cut their dividend back to where it was about 15 years ago, and they did that in one day. So, you know, the stock had dropped last year about 50%, and it was showing a dividend of about 5.5%. They cut that all the way back to about 1.5%. So, there is no contract between you and the company that these companies continue to pay the dividend. That's different than you owning a bond you owning a bond in Intel or a bond in Texas Instrument or someone else. That is a contract between you and the company. You've lent the company money, there's a contract between you and them that they pay you the money back. Over time, you know, if that doesn't happen, there can be, a, there can be you know, lawsuits outstanding. You, you actually have a claim if the company goes in bankruptcy that's above the equity holder if you own a bond. If there was a liquidation, you would get your money before the equity holder would. So just remember though, dividends aren't guarantees, right? We are, we're looking here at Oak Harvest. We're doing fundamental research, Charles, myself, James, the team. We're doing fundamental research to, to look at the company's income statement, look at the company's cash flow and balance sheet to see if the dividend they're paying you is sustainable. Um, you know, Intel's run into problems because they're trying to expand the number of fabs they have. The CEO's been on TV a lot talking about the money they're gonna get from the Inflation Reduction Act and wanting 20 or $30 billion to help build fabs. That's because those fabs cost a lot of money and so they're having to put all this cash out to build a factory at the same time they were trying to hand um, shareholders a dividend. You know, they got into a crunch and they said, you know, our business isn't that great so we wanna keep building fabs, we're gonna cut the dividend for shareholders. Hopefully down the road, you know, the returns on these new fabs generate cash and they can actually start raising their dividend again. So there is no contract between you and the company that they have to pay you the dividend. So we're doing fundamental research here at Oak Harvest. We're listening to conference calls. That's why we don't have really a new segment this week. Charles, myself, James have been listening to all the earnings calls the last couple of weeks, been very busy, you know, listening to anywhere between two and five calls per day, trying to see what managements are saying about business, how things look for the next six months to year out there in the economy, in these industries like semiconductors, technology, healthcare, all the different areas that we invest. So I know that's a little bit of a ramble today, but I want you to go out there if you have a chance, take a look at our live stream. It's about an hour. Um, here's the link up here over my shoulder. And you know, go back and take a look at the chart that I've provided on Texas Instruments and Intel and the difference in the returns over the last 20 plus years, how one was able to compound your money from a capital appreciation and dividend basis um, combined. The other one stagnated for almost 20 plus years, providing you little to no return. We're trying to focus on the companies that actually can do that compounding, um, looking for dividend growers, 
you know, dividend stocks that yield two to 4%, but then can compound it, raise your dividend, I don't know, five, six, 7% a year. So you're getting a little capital appreciation on the stock and you're getting the compounding of the dividend over time. For myself, from James, from Troy, from Charles and Jessica, the whole team behind the scenes, have a blessed weekend. You know, when you get a chance, check out the live stream right here. It's about an hour long. There's some great content. Click on the link when you get a chance.